0: First Samuel 16. We'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thy horn with oil, and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehem, Bethlehem Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with thee, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. Thou shalt anoint uh, unto me him whom whom I name unto thee. And Samuel did that which the Lord spake and came to Bethlehem and and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, Comest thou peaceably? And he said, Peaceably I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourself and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. And it came to pass when they were come uh, that he looked on Eli. Eliab, Eliab, and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on the countenance, on his countenance or on the height or on his statue, because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. And Jesse called Abedad and said unto him, Pass before Samuel. And he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. And Samuel, I mean, then Jesse made uh, Shammah to pass by, and he said, Neither hath the Lord chosen this. Again, Jesse made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel, and Samuel said unto Jesse, The Lord hath not chosen these. Samuel said unto Jesse, Are here all thy children? And he said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. And Samuel said unto Jesse, Sin. And fetch him, for we will not sit down till he come hither. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, and with a and all of a beautiful countenance, and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil, and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And Samuel rose up and went to Ramoth. Let's bow for a word of prayer, if we could. Lord, as we come before you, I pray that, Lord, you'd take the reading of your word. Lord, you'd bless it and you'd use it. Uh, Lord, use it, uh, Lord, to be able to, uh, Lord, that we would be able to see and hear. Lord, what you have for us here this evening. Lord, I believe there's a message here for all of us. And, uh, Lord, we need it. And we need something from you. And I pray that, Lord, you'd take me and use me. And, uh, Lord, I I sure do need to be used of you. Lord, I want to be used of you. And I know these folks have come here, Lord, expecting something from the Word tonight. And I pray that, Lord, you just bless. And we sure will thank you for what you do now. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever wondered why, or have you ever thought, why did God choose David? Why did He choose him? Uh, I tell you, I don't know about you, but I would like to be like David. David, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. Boy, I, I, I sure, I sure would like to have that said of me. I, I would like to be like that. And when we say he was a man after God's own heart, that doesn't mean, ladies, you're excluded and you can't, you can't have, any, you can't be anything for God. That doesn't mean that at all. It just, it just simply means that David was a man, and and he loved God with all of his heart. And ladies, you can do the same thing. Uh, you can do the same thing, and God. Can choose you and God can use you in a great way, you know. Really, uh, if you think about it, and I always when I when I read Bible passages like this, I like to I like to imagine what it would have been like to have been there. Boy, I tell you, you know, it would have been an amazing thing to be able to go back in time and watch some of the great Bible events. I believe this was one of the great Bible events uh, in the Old Testament. Here was here was God. Uh, he was going to anoint David or uh, he was going to anoint him or get him to be anointed to be king over Israel. Now, the children of Israel, God never wanted his people to have a king. He, he, he never wanted them to have a king. He wanted to be their king. But the Bible tells us that the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, rejected God from being their king. And and they wanted they wanted to be like all the other nations. They wanted to have... A king that they could see. They wanted to have a king like all the rest of the nations did. They wanted to have somebody that they could look to and they could see. They didn't want. They didn't want a god uh, to rule over them that they couldn't see. And I, you know, and I don't understand uh, what what all was involved in that and what it would what it would have been like back in those days. But but they rejected God from being uh, the king. And uh, and so God. Granted their wish, God granted their desire, and they said, "They said we're going to give you, we're going to, we're, we're, I will allow you to pick to pick your king or get you a king." And and they chose Saul. Saul, no doubt, had to be a had to be a handsome man, tall, dark headed. I mean, he was just he was probably a man's man. And they looked at him and they said, "You know what, man? What a great guy! Look at this guy. He's all he, he's muscular." Boy, he's uh, he has good personality and all these things. By the way, the, all the th- same same things. If we're not careful, we'll look at in somebody too, and we'll say, "Boy, look, look at him! Look at the way they dress! Look, you know, look at all those things." And by the way, nothing wrong with that. There's there's some good in that, but God God looks deeper than that, and God knows better than the out, than to look on the outward appearance. He knows. It's what's inside that really counts. By the way, uh, uh, folks, men and women, especially, you know, young folks, uh, if you're looking for a mate, the outward appearance, even though that's probably the first thing that we look at or the first thing that we take into consideration, the outward appearance is really the last thing you should be looking at because it's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And if they can be, be good-looking on the outside, and they can be terrible-looking on the inside. If they don't have a right heart, if they don't have a good heart, folks, I'm just going to tell you, uh, they're, not, uh, they're not the kind of people that you want to be with. Well, they looked at Saul, and they said, Man, we want this guy to be our king. And of course, we know, we know how Saul turned out. We know what kind of king that he turned out to be. He turned out to be a very selfish king. He turned out to be a king... Uh, that was in it for himself. And he proved that many, many different ways. And so here we are again. And Samuel is coming. He's going to anoint the new king. By the way, Samuel doesn't know who the new king is going to be. But he knows he's going to be, he's going to be one of these boys here that he's, that he that's going to come in front of him. And the first one that comes out, Eli- Eliab, he comes out there. No doubt he looked probably that he was the spitting image of Saul. Man, he was a tall. He was tall. He was good looking. You know, he was muscular. He, I mean, he had it all. And God said, "Don't look. Don't look at him. That's not the one. He is not the one. Go sit." And you know, I, I could almost hear God saying, "Go, just go sit down. Go sit down." And so here they are. All they're all marching before him. And you know the tall. You know the tallest one. You know he was, was the oldest and. You know, they probably started going down his stature a little bit as he went on down the line there. But, but every one of them was rejected. Every one of them. And, and Samuel, no doubt Samuel's he's perplexed here. He says, I, I know there's a king here somewhere. Is there somebody else that you're not showing? Is there, is, is there not somebody else that, you could, that you've got? And he says, you know, I got one little boy and I didn't even think it was worth even calling him. He's the youngest. He's, uh, you know, he's just, uh, he's mischievous, probably. He's, he's just, he's rough as a cob. Uh, he, you know, he's just, he's just a kid. You don't, you don't want this guy. And yet Samuel said, "Go get him. We're not, we're not going to rest until this guy comes in." And there he comes in. You can, <laughs> can you imagine him? He just, he just has come out of the field. He probably looks terrible. He probably is dirty. He's probably smelly, uh, sweaty. He's been running. And there he walks in. Probably his hair's all all out of place. And he walks in, and he's thinking, "What am I doing here? I don't need. This is not the place for me." And he walks in there, and and God says, "Samuel, there he is. Get up and anoint this man to be the king." And there he was, Sam, uh, David, the least likely of anybody to be used of God is the very one God chose and the very one God picked. Why did He pick? Why did he pick David? He had all these other guys, all these other candidates, and yet he picked, he picked David out of all of these. Well, can I just tell you that, like we said, God looks on the heart. God looks on the heart. And he's looking for something else besides an outward appearance. And by the way, nothing wrong with an outward appearance, but we're going to see, and Brother Stephen, you know, you, you, you walked all over this this morning in your message And we're going to look at it just just in a minute here again. But God's ways, God's ways are not our ways. All right. And and we won't take time to turn there, but we're going to turn to 1 Corinthians here in just a minute. But in Isaiah 59, uh, 55 verses 8 and 9, he says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts... Than your thoughts. Listen, God doesn't think like we do, and you know what? I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful God's thoughts are better than my thoughts. I'm thankful God's thoughts are higher than my thoughts. You know, uh, uh, we th- sometimes we, we sometimes we think to ourselves. We, we get we get to hear in what people say, or people brag on us or whatever, and sometimes we get to believe in that. You know, we we really are something. But you know what? <laughs> really. To be honest with you, we're just we're just humps of clay. That's all we are. And nobody's better than anybody else. And uh, and God says, Listen, my ways are are higher than your ways. God doesn't think like we do. Uh, look over in 1 Corinthians. Hold your place there. We're gonna come back, but go back to 1 Corinthians if you would, or go over to 1 Corinthians in the New Testament. 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. And you know. I believe, and I've always said, and I've always believed that a call to the ministry was a high calling, and, and it is. I'm not saying that I'm not discounting that in any way, shape, or form. But when you read this passage of scripture and you see the description of the people that God's looking for, you know, if 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 we had any pride, if we had any pride, we would we could see this right here, and it would it squelch all that. You know, it it let us know right off the bat. That, uh, that really God's calling is, is not something that we should be proud about or boastful about, in other words. Look at what he says here. In First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 25, the Bible says, But the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. In other words, he's just saying that, God's just saying again, My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. I'm higher than, than what you can think. Verse twenty six. For we see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called, but God have chosen the foolish things of the world. Now, can I just tell you that, you know, you think about God's calling again, like we said. He, he, so what's what's the description? Well, we don't want any wise men. In other words, we don't we don't want anybody that's got any sense to them. Uh, uh, not many noble, not many mighty. Well, we you know just you know all, we want weaklings, not noble men. Uh, the, we want foolish men. You know, in other words, God saying, God saying, don't 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 think too much of yourself. Listen, if God's called us, just listen. It's it's because it's because He sees something on the inside that He can work with. He sees somebody that's humble enough to. Uh, to uh, allow him to work in their life, folks. Now listen. Now, what, what? What? Simply, what I'm trying to say is that anybody, listen, anybody can be used of God. Most of us don't think we don't think too highly of ourselves, anyway. Most of the time, most of the time, when we when we think about our abilities, we say to ourselves, "You know what? You're right. I can't do anything." Uh, how many of you? How many of you enjoy? getting up in front of people and, and, and speaking, public speaking. How many of you like doing that? Okay, we've got one here. Nobody else, nobody else? Steven said, I mean, Stephen was trying to hand the football off to me this morning, you know. He he had me a little nervous there for a minute. But I want you to know I've always got, I've always got spare ammunition, alright? But, so I could have done it if I'd had it to. But can I tell you, when I was, when I was going through school, when I was going through school, I hated school. I, I don't mean I don't mean I disliked it. Disliked it. Liked it. I hated it. I hated school. I didn't want to be there. And my teachers knew immediately. Right, well, this guy don't want to be here. You know, I don't know why he's in here. And when it comes to making a speech or, or public speaking, let me just tell you that was the biggest that was the biggest joke that ever could have been. Uh, uh, I had to. Uh, I forget what, 7th what, seventh or 8th seventh or grade English, I can't remember now, uh, uh, had to write a speech, had to do something. I had to write something down and I had to present it. And I'm telling you what, it was, it, was, it was all that was within me to be able to speak or say anything. And you know, it was amazing, my English teacher gave me a compliment. She said, you have got a great radio voice. And I said, what in the world does that mean? <laughs> I'm thinking radio voice. Uh, so I really, I still don't, still don't really know what she meant, but she gave me a compliment. You know, I've never forgot that. Uh, can I just say that, you know, somebody that doesn't like school and everything, you know, a, a compliment from a teacher was a rarity. And you know, I'm telling you what, that I, I really am thankful she said that. I, I, like I said, I, it, didn't, it didn't mean anything to me, but I, I didn't understand it. But I, I really appreciated the fact that she thought there was something. And I believe what she was doing was she said, I, I, don't, I can't think of anything else nice to say about this guy and his speech, so I'm just going to try to say something. And the first thing popped in her mind, well, man, he sounded good on the radio. I think, I, I think that's really what she was saying. And so I, I really appreciated her doing that because uh, it did encourage me. But folks, I, I'm just going to tell you, when God called me, and I thought God was calling me to preach. Well, you know, immediately I knew, I knew that wasn't the case. <laughs> cause if you preach, you got to get up in front of people, right? Public speaking, one oh one. I mean, you got to be able to do stuff like that. And I knew that wasn't for me. I mean, so right off the bat, I knew God wasn't dealing with me about calling me to preach. Couldn't have been, cause I couldn't do that. I never could have done it. And so, and so I said, well, you know, I can do other, I can do other things. I don't have to. I don't have to you know, preach or anything like that. I can do other stuff. Uh, so this guy, he called me one day after, after church, and he calls me up and he said, he said, Scott, how would you like to be the junior high boys Sunday school teacher? I said, well, okay. I, could, I, I guess I could do that. Uh, I, won't, I won't have to teach or anything. He said, no, you don't have to teach, because this guy was the teacher. He said, no, you don't have to teach, you don't have to to worry about it. I said, okay, yeah, I can do that. Well, come find out. As far as, you know, you you feel pretty proud about that, and you think to yourself, well, man, you know, hey, they're seeing some stuff here, you know. They're seeing some talent. They know what's going on. And come to find out what it was, they'd voted that night on teachers and officers in the church. And they wouldn't accept it. Whoever was the junior high boys, he wouldn't accept it. And so out of desperation, uh, 10 o'clock call on, on a Sunday night, he calls me up, And that's how I got to be the, the, the Sunday school teacher. Well, he, he didn't tell the truth because later on, he said, I want you to teach this Sunday, this coming Sunday. He gave me a couple weeks, and you know. He said, I want you to teach. And I said, well, that I just don't see how that's going to happen. I, don't, I just don't believe that's going to work out. He said, listen, it's, it's real easy. Here's your lessons. And, and what it was, it was a review. It was 13-week quarterly, you know, all right? And so the 13th lesson was a review of all 12 lessons. So I had 12 lessons that he taught for, you know, a whole class period, each one. I could have drawn on that, and I've, I could have taught, you know, for hours probably on 12 lessons that, you know, could have you know, easily went 30 minutes apiece. And so, after 10 minutes of reviewing all 12 lessons, that was, doing, that was twice now, I went through it twice, I said, I looked at him and I said, well, that's all I got, <laughs> and I sat down and let him take over, and he, he come up there, and he spit and fumbled, and uh, he, I think he probably learned his lesson not to, ever, not to ever do that again, but... You know, it just it just started from there. You know, and really, you know what God was doing. Let me just tell you what God was doing. God was conditioning me. He He knew that I couldn't, that I couldn't come out of the pew and just come up here and start preaching, doing all. He, he knew that. He He knew I couldn't do that. And so what he did, you know what he did? He gave me He gave me one little step of obedience, and he says, "Take this step right here." And you know what? I just took a, I just took that little old step. And I said yes. I'll I'll be that teacher. And then he, he then he brought something else in, into my life. And he said, take this next little step. And I took that next little step. And you know I just kept doing those little steps like that. And you know what happened is I turned around and looked, and you know I could see back way back over there where I started at. And I could, I never could have made it here if I hadn't started back there. And I just took little steps, and God just kept giving me just a little bit more and a little bit more because he knew I couldn't handle it all. And you know what? One day I surrendered to the Lord to to go to Bible college. And one day I was able to get up and preach, and you know, just went on and on from there. And God has used me over all these years. And I'm thankful. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When when, When He called me, when He chose me, I thought to myself, He's made a mistake. This, you know, this can't be right. This, this just couldn't happen. But you know what? God knew all along. And you know, it, it, and here's, here's, here's the thing. God was not looking at my great abilities because there was none. God was not looking at how tall I was or how rich I was or, you know, my looks and on and on we could go with all these things that we think are so important. God says, listen, I, I see your heart. And I think I can do something with you if you'll just let me. And you know what? That's all that's that's my claim to fame. I just let God use me. That's all I did. I just I just was willing to let him do that. Now, I'm just gonna tell you, folks, listen, that's that's what we need. We need some men and women, boys and girls, that will just simply say, You know what, God, I know I'm nothing. I know I'm nothing. But whatever I am, God, you can have me if you'll just take me and use me. God, just do something with my life. Uh, you don't have to worry about your talents, your abilities, your capabilities—all those things, because God is looking at the heart to see if my heart is in tune with Him. Well, let me look, let me give you a couple things here just before we get into the message. God tells us we're to guard our hearts. Proverbs four twenty three. Uh, l- let me let me let me read that for you, real quick. If I can, if I can find it real quick, uh, Proverbs four, chapter four, verse twenty-three. Here's what he says: Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. In other words, in other words, the things of our life are contained in the heart. How you're going to be what you're going to what you're going to be like all the issues everything is going to come out of your heart and God is telling us here he says now listen because your heart is so important to who you are he says you're to guard it you're to keep it with all diligence in other words it's it's almost like setting up setting up a sentry outside the heart and telling that sentry now Uh, Listen, I want you to be on guard here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. I don't want you to rest. I don't want you to sleep. I want you to be here at your post at all times. Why? Because the heart is so important. Folks, listen, we cannot afford to let the devil get a foothold in our heart. Because if he gets in there, you know, the old saying, if you give him an inch, what? He'll take a mile, yeah. If you let him in just the least little bit, He won't give up with that. He won't be satisfied with that. He says, listen, I want more, and I'm going to get more, and I'm going to take more. And so we've got to guard guard our heart, and it's so important that we do that. Now, here's a a, a man, one of these uh, men that I read after, Charles Bridges. I thought this was just a great quote, so I'm just going to read it for you. As the heart is, so will be the mouth. What you say... Uh, the eyes, what you see, your feet, where you go. The eyes are the lamp of the body. They are a dangerous inlet to sin. Do you see what I'm saying? What we take in through our eyes, we've got, we've got to be careful because the eyes will affect the heart. And it, it is an inlet uh, to sin if we're not careful. Sin can get in through our eyes and go right to our heart. All right? placed them under heavy restraint. Achan was ruined by this rule of wisdom. The Bible tells us that Achan, when they went in to capture this land of Ai, this little city of Ai, it was just such a little city, they said, we're not even going to send all the soldiers up there. By the way, that was disobedience, because God said, send everybody. They said, well, we'll just send a few. And they sent a few up there, and Achan... As he was going through the camp, he's, the Bible says that he saw a wedge of gold. He saw a beautiful garment, and he saw some things there, and he says to himself, man, I would love to have that, and guess what, nobody will know. Nobody will find out the difference. And he, he, got that, he got that stuff, he took it, he hid it in his tent, and by the way, nobody did know it. But you remember what we said this morning, how God sees? God sees, God watches, God's looking, and the, the, the nation of Israel lost the battle to this little bitty nation. And you know what? God says, take them out, take them out, give them time to repent, take them out and start naming, start going through here, and we're going to start naming. And you know, they narrowed that thing down, and they just kept going, they kept going. You know, the whole time, Achan knew what was going on. And his circle just kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And finally said, Achan, you're the one. And he says, you're right. I'm guilty. He's too late now. You know because of what Achan saw, because of what Achan saw and he let it affect his heart, that he lost his life because of that. He lost his life. His wife lost her life. Children lost their life. Everything he had was destroyed because he let sin come in through his eyes. And folks, I'm just going to tell you, the devil, The devil is he's sharp at stuff like that. He knows what he's doing. He's been doing it for a long time. And he knows what you like. He knows what tempts you. And so we've got to be careful. We've got to be on guard. The feet, uh, we're, we're to walk carefully. Traps are laid on every path. Judge each step you take so that it is in line with God's will. The pleasures of sin lie to the right or to the left. So your eyes need to keep looking straight ahead in order to keep your feet from evil. Folks, listen. The devil, the devil will use anything and everything he can to get you off track, to get me off track. Listen, he's he's lying in wait for you. He wants to destroy your life. Let me give you just a couple things here. Ways you can guard your heart. Watch and pray, the Bible says. You remember what what the Lord told Peter? Peter, watch and pray that you've what? In, that you don't enter into temptation. Watch and pray. Nurture a humble spirit and a dependent spirit on the Lord. Live in the atmosphere of the Word of God. Resist this evil world. Uh, this, this will be a conflict until the end of our lives. You know, folks, I, ca- I can never o- uh, uh, overemphasize the importance of God's Word. Boy, I tell you, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto and to according to the word of God. Folks, listen. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? That I might not sin against thee. Listen, folks. God's word is so important. And there ought to be a day that goes by that we don't do something in the word of God. Listen, if you if you don't do anything else, I mean, this is uh, if you get up in the morning and it's the worst day that's ever been, everything's fell apart, the world is caving in on you, listen, read one verse of Scripture. Do something to get your heart directed and pointed toward uh, God. Read the Word of God every day. Boy, it's so important that we do that, all right? And so, uh, you just can't can't overemphasize it, all right? Now, let me give you three reasons why. Now, you know all that was an introduction, I'm going to be real quick. I've only got three. Now, can I just, I'll tell you this. uh, I'll confess my sin to you tonight that I preached too long this morning, all right? I admit that. I, I admit it, all right? My wife, she fussed at me all the way for an hour, over an hour. She fussed at me about preaching too long. No, she didn't really, but but uh, anyway, I know I did. But I won't, I won't do that tonight. I'm gonna put my phone up here, so I won't, so I won't preach too long. You know what that, you know what they, when when the preacher puts his phone up there or his watch, you know what that means? Not a thing. Don't mean. A thing. <laughs> she, my wife said. What is that clock back there? Not big enough. And I'm thinking, man, that thing's pretty big. <laughs> it's huge. It <laughs> just don't do, you know. It just don't do anything for me. Uh, but anyway, I'll be real quick. Three. I got three points here. All right. Three reasons why God chose David. First of all, I I believe that God saw holiness in David. He saw he saw holiness in David. David was a holy, uh, ho, a holy man of God. I believe that. David had my goodness. David had a heart. Uh, no wonder God said he's a man after my own heart. Boy, if you read the Psalms and you study his life, you look at the things that he did, man, he loved, he loved God with all of his heart. Now, did he mess up? Did he sin? Did he do did he do some some terrible things? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But in spite of that, in spite of all of his flaws and mess-ups, God says that listen, he's a man after my own heart. Folks, listen. Every one of us has weaknesses. Every one of us has messes in our lives. Uh, so let's don't don't let that distract you from this. God, uh, David was a holy man of God. Now holiness means to be set apart for God's purpose or use. Do you know, folks? Whether we realize it or not, we are we're we are to be set apart for God's work. God wants us to be set apart for Him. Do you know? Uh, when, when they built the tabernacle out in the wilderness, they built the tabernacle. The tabernacle, everything about that represented Jesus Christ. And it was pointing people, even though they didn't really understand everything about it, it, point, it was pointing people to Christ all the way back in the Old Testament. It was a type, it was a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they made instruments that they was going, they, that they would use in the temple there. And uh, all the things that they did. God was gave, just gave great detail to how everything was to be made and how it was to look and I mean everything about it. He, God was precise. This is what I want it to be. And then he says, when you do all that, then I want you to dedicate it to me. I want, I want you to sanctify it to me. And God says, I want it set apart. It can't, it, I don't want it to be used for anything else but for my honor, my glory. You know what, folks? That's exactly what we are. We we are to be set apart for God's use. We're not to go through this world, we're not to go through this life doing what we want to do. It's not for, this life, this world is not for us. We're here for God's glory. And we're here for God's honor. And God wants to use us. But you know what? And listen, we, we just might as well be honest about it. We're so attached to the things of this world that God just it, God has a hard time getting a hold of our hearts. God has a hard time using us because we, we're so attached to this world and the things of this world. Folks, listen. God says, listen, I want you to be set apart for me, for my use and for my glory. Folks, listen. No greater honor. There's no greater honor than to be used for God. Hey, to be a, just to be a pitcher... That God could use to pour water in. Somebody could pour water in for God's to to use for God's glory. Set apart for Him. Set. I mean, I mean, everything, every part of our life is given over to Him that He could have it for His use. Uh, we won't take time to turn there, but over over in Thessalonians, the Bible talks about, and it's describing these people, and 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 He's giving them a commendation. And he's telling them how their testimony has went throughout the whole world at this time. And he says, you have this testimony that you turn to God from idols. Now he said there's a a difference there. I want you all to pay attention to this. Listen to this. You see, what, what happens a lot of times to people in their sin, they turn from this sin to another sin or to this thing. Maybe it's not sin at this time, but it becomes sin. They turn from this, they turn to this, and they turn to this. Where in reality, what they need to do is turn to God. And if you turn to God, guess where your sin's at? Your sin's behind you. You see, we don't turn, we don't turn from our sin to God because it might be something else there. But if we'll just turn to God, all of our sin will be behind us. Does that make sense to you? You see that? Folks, listen. Can I tell you? Everything in our life, if if you're struggling with something in your life, turn to God. Don't, 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 Don't even worry about the sin. The sin is not the problem. The problem is your relationship to God. If your relationship to God is what it needs to be, in other words, hey, I'm going toward God, my sin is behind me. Whatever is affecting me is behind me. If I'm having trouble with whatever it is, it's there. If I'm going toward God, listen, I'm on the right track. And my sin is going to be behind me. Husbands and wives, are you having a hard time with each other? Are you struggling with each other? Do you all fuss and fight? Well, the problem is not your wife. Your problem is not your husband. You know what your problem is? Your problem is your relationship to God. Because if you're walking toward God, your relationship with them is going to be what it needs to be. Now you're saying, oh, wait a minute, uh, just because I'm, 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 I'm trying to live for God and I'm going toward God, everything's going to be... I, I didn't say that. But what I am saying is, your heart will be right. Now you can't make somebody like you. You can't make somebody get along with you. Y'all, y'all understand that, Right? You can't make somebody. But i tell you what you can do. The Bible says, and I, I, I wish I, I had written it down, but I can't. But anyway, I'll tell you what, just forget that verse because I'm going to mess it up. But but uh, you know how it comes in and it goes right back out. You know, it didn't stick. So, but what I'm saying is if if you are right with God, if you're right with God, your relationships to everybody else is going to be what it needs to be. You know why? Because you're right with God. If you're not right with God, guess what? Your relationship's not going to be what they ought to be. It's just as simple as that. You get right with God, and and then you, you'll you see the difference that it'll make in everything else. It, it I mean, I, it doesn't mean that you won't ever have a problem, but I'm going to tell you what. you'll You'll be on the right track, I can tell you this. And people will notice and people will see the difference that God has made in your life, all right? And so, the first thing that we see here is, is, is his holiness. His, he, he is set apart for God. He is, he is a man of God. He loves God and, and wants to please Him. All right. The second thing I see about David, David, even though, listen, David was a great warrior. I mean, he was a man of war. I, I'm telling you, if there's ever been a man's man, David was that man. When, when, they, when, they, when they came in from the battles... They were singing. The ladies gathered at the, on the streets, and Saul, as Saul was coming through the streets, there, you know, big tall Saul, you know, he was muscular man. He had it all, and he was he was there coming through the streets, and he was listening for his praises. And all the women were lined up, and they saying, "Saul has slain his, what was it, hundreds or thousands, thousands? This what it was. Yeah, thousands. Saul has slain his thousands, man. And they were just cheering and clapping. And and Saul was eating that up. He was thinking, man, hey, here I am. I'm the one, right? And then David, little old David runs in. He's coming in behind him. And David's not expecting anything. David's not thinking to himself, man, they're going to be cheering me on. And so he's riding through there. And they start singing to David. But David has slain his tens of thousands. Guess what Saul did? Who are they talking about? Well, what are they, what, are, what are they saying? You know what? Right off the bat, he was jealous as he could be. David, David was a humble man, even though even though he was a warrior and, and no telling how many men he was able to to defeat. Uh, listen, he he stayed he stayed humble. Now, are, uh, did you stay in? Did you stay over there in, in Samuel? If you didn't, turn back over there. It's 1 Samuel. Uh, and we're going to look at some verses. I want, I, want, I want to show you. I want to show you about David. David's chapter number 16. Uh, I'm sorry. T- look at seven, chapter 17. 17. Look at chapter 17 and verse number 15. All right. Now, you remember, you remember we said that David, uh, David went in before. Samuel, Samuel said, Samuel said, David, kneel, he poured the oil on him, he anointed him, he is the next king of all of Israel, this little guy, this little man, he's the next king, it's official, it's a done deal, this is what God wants to happen, and God said, this is what's, what's going to take place, so what did David do? Well, he, he, of course, he's the next king, He's going to go to the palace. He's going to start moving in. He's going to start packing up. Man, I'm getting my stuff. I'm I'm tired of watching these sheep. I'm tired of doing all this stuff. I'm going to the palace. Somebody send a coach down here and pick me up. That's not what he did at all. You know what he did? The Bible says that he went, he turned right around and went back. Verse 15, chapter 17, verse 15. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep. He's the king. He's out feeding sheep. Why is that? Well, I, I, I believe I believe he was he was just a humble man. He he was just he was just going. If God wanted him to be king, he was going to let God promote him. He was going to let God uh, be the one that moved him up. Look over in verse number. Look over in verse number. Uh, uh, th- verse thirty-two. David said to Saul, "This is when David is uh, going out for uh, to fight Goliath." Verse thirty-two. David said to Saul. Let no man's heart fail, because of him, thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, uh, "Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight against him." But what I want you to see, verse thirty-two, he says, "Thy servant." He's talking about David's talking about himself, "Thy servant." Verse thirty-four, David said unto Saul, "Thy servant." Look at verse thirty-six. He says, "Thy servant," and he and and he, he just he just keeps on saying it. Listen, David realized his place. David knew what his place was. And David said, listen, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just here to serve you, Saul. You're, Saul, you're the king. You're God's anointed, and I'm just, I'm just going to follow you. I'm just going to do what God wants me to do until, it's, until he says he's going to promote me. And folks, listen, uh, even though even though he knew he was going to be the next king, he was, he was willing to serve, he was willing to do whatever was necessary just, just doing what God wanted him to do. All right, and he talks about, of course, he, you know, he's telling, telling about, he's, you know, David was the only one. David was the only one that was, that was, uh, uh, had confidence enough in God to believe that God was going to give the victory over Goliath. You know, all those other guys. You know, at this time, David, it was just like I said, he was just a young man. He was not a man of war during this time at this point, he was not a man of war he'd not been into battles he'd not been, fight, he'd not been out there fighting people, but he did he did fight a bear and he did fight a lion and he was able to defeat them and kill them now, now you know, that, uh, that's another story altogether, I'm telling you, it's, it's amazing it's amazing that God could use him to do that, now I've never, I, I don't know what it would be like, but I, I can't imagine anybody with any sense going up to a lion and the Bible says he just ripped him in two. Ripped him in two. I mean, he's just a kid. He's not a, he's not a full-grown man. And the Bible says that he, beat this, the, he killed this bear. Same way. I mean, all these powerful animals, and he was able to kill them. Why? Well, he trusted God. He believed God was going to give the victory. He didn't believe he could do it himself, but he believed God could give the victory. All right? Uh, God saw... God saw David's humbleness. Uh, Saul was concerned about what people thought about him. He, he was always concerned. You remember even when even when he disobeyed uh, what Samuel told him to do, he disobeyed. And he did just the opposite of what he was told to do. And Saul, uh, Samuel came up to him and said, Saul, because of your disobedience, God is going to take the kingdom from you. And you know what Saul said? Saul told Samuel, he said, Samuel... Will you go with me? Will you come with me so the people won't think, it, won't think something bad's happened? Will you come with me so everybody will think everything's okay? You know, even, even during that time, he was worried about what people were thinking about him, what people were going to say about it. He didn't want his image destroyed. He had an image, you know, he had to keep up. And he was always concerned about what people were thinking about him. But you know, God was looking for someone with a shepherd's heart, you know one of the one of the chief chief characteristics of David was he had a shepherd's heart. He had a shepherd's heart. He loved people. He loved the people. Man, he had a great he had a great heart. By the way, we, like I said, we already mentioned he he did some bad things. We understand that, uh, but he asked for forgiveness. God forgave him just like he does us. But you know he he loved the people. He cared about those people. And he he wanted I, I, I really believe sincerely he wanted to, he wanted to shepherd those people and I believe he did. And then the last thing, the last thing about David was God saw honesty. He saw his honesty, integrity of heart, completely and fully true. Look look at uh, look at uh, uh, lack of character is hurting our churches. In Proverbs, God talks about a just balance. Don't cheat people. You know, listen, folks, listen. If if there's anybody that ought to have integrity, God's people ought to have integrity. You know, we ought to be the most honest people on the job. I mean, I mean that we ought to be able. The boss man ought to be able to count on us, depend on us, and uh, l- listen. He ought to, he ought to be able to trust us with anything because we have we have character, people of character. Christians ought to be people of character, and I'm telling you. Uh, boy, I tell you, if you want to be, if you want to be like David, I, I see three things here. God, God saw his holiness. He was set apart for God's use. He was humble, and then he was a man. He was a man of honesty. Listen, folks, I'm telling you, God wants to use us. God wants to use us, and I, I tell you, there's. I, I, I just believe that God has a has a lot of great things for us if we'll just allow him, uh, if we'll just allow him to use us and uh, take control of our life, all right? Let's bow for prayer for good. Now, Lord, as we come before you, Lord, we sure are grateful. We're thankful, Lord, for your many blessings. And thank you for this uh, group of folks, a good, good group of folks that come out tonight. Lord, I pray that you'd bless the message. Lord, I pray that you'd bless and speak to every heart. And Lord, if, uh, if there's someone here, uh, Lord, that has a need, I, I pray that, Lord, they would do business with you. And uh, Lord, they'd get that thing right. And Lord, help us to all be men just like David. Men after God's own heart, after your own heart. Lord, help us to be like that. We sure will thank you for what you're going to do now. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.